Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. talent. Let's see what we can do with it. You're gonna make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. Tommy, can you hear me? Marius, wake up. What's wrong today? You look as if you've seen a ghost. Some wine and say, what's going on? A ghost, you say? A ghost, maybe? She was just like a ghost to me. One minute there, then she was gone. I am a cock. I am a ghost. <laughs> Is Marius in love at last? I've never heard him ooh and ah. You talk of battles to be won. Here he comes, like Don Juan. <laughs> it is better than an opera. <laughs> and welcome, theater peeps, to the movie musical Shakedown. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Peterson. Thrilled that you're joining us for what should be a really, really epic deep dive into 2012's Les Miserables, a movie that I had been dreaming about since I was in high school. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But needless to say, this was a dream project for me. Uh, So hearing that a movie was coming out soon, uh, I was ecstatic. Actually uh, correctly predicted some of the casting in this movie, so we'll talk about that as well. But um, And then had mixed feelings about it after I seen it, as many people have. So Grace is going to join me this week. We're going to break it all down. We're going to be talking about the casting choices, the singing, uh, the not-so-great singing, <laughs> um, things like that, interesting direction choices, and also what does this mean for the Cats movie, which is directed by the same director, Tom Hooper. So we'll, we'll get into all of that, but we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Grace will be here. But first, as always, here is the trailer. I dreamed a dream in time gone by When hope was high, life worth living I dreamed that love would never die I dreamed that God would be forgiving Kill a dream 
And welcome back. I am now joined by Grace Aki. How are you? I'm fabulous and disappointed that I had to rent this for $3.99. Oh my God, you had to pay for it? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. I, you know what? I like to help the people with residuals. And I'm sure, you know, Confifi or whoever the extra, you know, uh, barricade boy appreciated my purchase. So. In hindsight, I, ap- I I apologize. I watched this on Hulu, um, it. and it's on the Cinematics uh, Cinematics Cinemax uh, bundle package right now. So I actually Aww. watched it on Hulu. So I guess in essence, I paid more because I, I think my Hulu subscription is like twelve ninety nine a month. Say so you probably have like the full thing. Yeah. I actually really paid for it, but um, <laughs> let's. I mean, let's get into Les Mis. Um, let's it's get a man- in. This is, the, this is a movie that I've been pushing off and pushing off and pushing off for a couple of reasons. One, because it's it's like one of the most iconic musicals of all time, and you, really yeah. have, you, can't, you can't just you know do it with your first episode. Uh, but also, True. I didn't really want to rewatch it for a while. And that's why. That's the thing about this is I I don't know if everyone knows out there that we rewatch the film mm-hmm. and then we take notes. It's not what we remember of the film, and then it's not um, oh well. This is what I you know my friends have gathered. No no no. We rewatch it if we've not already seen, and then we take notes, and then we're like oh, okay. So you know we probably all watched this in 2012. When it came out, I mm-hmm. sure as shit went to the theater on Christmas Day, regardless. Yep. Um, so yeah, we had to rewatch. I mean, and it's it's a two and a half hour movie, which it feels like it's six hours. Um, <laughs> wow, I drug that thing over a six hour period. Because... I did, I mean, you have to pause and keep you know take notes. It was yeah. Yeah, I fell asleep at three points in the film. And um, I was awakened each time by the musicality of Do You Hear the People Sing? So I just wonder if it's Do You Hear the People Wake Up? I think that's maybe. <laughs> it's a good alarm. Yes. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, Grace, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, because, again, like we're talking about a mammoth musical property. What is your first experience with Les Mis? <sighs> Um, my first experience with Les Mis is probably everyone's, um, high school girl alto book being like, so you should definitely sing on my own because all the boys at your school hate you and you're an alto. Like that's, I think every girl's first hot take. Mm -hmm. And then it's also every boy. I I had this like, uh, and I'm sure you, like you understand and can relate. I had, I knew of a person that did an audition I will not name names um, for a college and they set up empty chairs during the audition. They were like, no, no, please stop. And he's like, no, I need it. And then he went on to do empty chairs at empty tables. <laughs> I think that this is just one of those to me. It's more than it's more. It's bigger than phantom in the sense mm. of like how it affects theater people because it's so polarizing. Um, and then I did the show. A really? Couple years. Yeah, I did it a couple years ago. And um, I knew I wasn't, this is so sad. Um, Self-awareness is important, ladies and gents. I knew I was not going to get any of the female leads. And so I wrote, I will not accept any other part other than Whore 3, Worker Woman 1, and because they had the most solos. So legitimately, (laughs) I was like the featured background extra of the entire continuity of the entire show. So I was like, the one that, puts her away at the factory, the whore that sells her hair, the da-da-da-da-da, the one, and so I was like, essentially, I am a very important character, but 
<laughs> Anyways, I say all this to say, I really loved the epicness of it when I was in it, mm-hmm. and I did not love it when I had to listen to it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, for me, this was one, I mean, I when I started getting into musical theater, I was in about sixth or seventh grade, just like most of us. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember telling my parents, look, I really want to start getting in listening to musicals. And to my parents' credit, they went out and bought like about five to seven like cast recordings. And, oh, that's sweet. Um, Phantom was one. Uh, they, they got like the entire Rodgers and Hammerstein, you know, catalog. Uh, Miss Saigon, because wow. I was, you know, adopted Asian. So they're like, you know, you should listen to a musical <laughs> about your people, maybe. Um, and then, There's a helicopter. I don't know. Right. And then um, the late Miz, uh, the double cast, the original London cast album. I was going to say, like, which album? Because that's very important for people, too. Yeah, like, I was album? I was a London cast guy. Uh, it, mm-hmm. with the, I think it was the gray post, the gray logo. And then the Broadway was the black. The logo. Bl- I mean, yes. Yes, I you're can't remember. Totally correct. Yeah. Um, but it, I just remember, like, out of all all the cast recordings I got that day, Les Mis is the one that stuck with me the most because wow. you said it yourself. Like the music in that music musical, there's an epic feeling about it. And mm-hmm. um, this was a this was a movie that I had cast in my head, like all throughout high school. I'm like, oh my god, if they claim make a Les Mis movie, I would have put this right. person in it, and that person in it, and things like that. Um, yeah. Grace, let me ask you this: When you heard that they were going to make a movie version of this, what was mm-hmm. your what was your genuine like reaction to that? Oh, I was like, "That's a great idea because yeah. it's it's really epic and it it made sense." It's like when they said they were going to do a Phantom movie, I was like, "Well, yeah, it that makes sense because it's really epic." You know, when they say that they want to do a Spring Awakening movie, I go, "Oh, that that's kind of weird. It kind of loses <laughs> right. the you know what I feel like that's right. a poor choice." Um, so yeah, I, I think I was just really excited and then yeah. they said Tom Hooper and I was just like, oh, they're like really gonna do it. This is like legit. And like, yeah. he's coming right off of the King's speech. So like a lot of people are thinking, yes. um, oh, okay. So this is, this is really going to be, um, a, a legitimate An Oscar worthy moment. <clears throat> they're going right? for it in this. And exactly. I remember, <laughs> this is funny. I remember at that time before they announced any casting, I remember thinking in my head, I can't prove this, of course, but I was like, man, Hugh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman would make a great John Valjean. And they announced it. I was like, I called it. Yeah. Um, well, and then I, you save your tweets, Chris. You gotta there you save go. Your that's got to save this, the tweets. Uh, and then I completely guessed the entire other rest of the cast incorrectly. Well, I <laughs> so. did that for Ansel Elgort. I actually helped his granddad, long story short, buying a sport coat. And he looked at me, this was years ago, and he said, my my son's uh, dream job is to be in West Side Story as, yeah, and I said, as Tony, and I said, oh, I hope that he gets that. He would be great. And he was like, he has a beautiful voice, and I just hope one day he gets to do that. Because at the time, my boyfriend, now husband, was doing it at the, the Carnegie Hall one that they did. And, um, and I was like, oh, cool. And then I tweeted, I said, one day, he's Ansel Elgort, you watch your, you know, he's going to be Tony and West Side, and then they did it and I was like let me find that tweet let me find that tweet because I called it I called you it did. you know you did but, um, no sometimes we just know these things and I think you're totally right to say that about yeah. you he's the perfect age to be in that span of time because how mm-hmm. long how, over what course does this film take place 
a good 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. I mean, they, <laughs> they do spell it out for you in the, in the movie. Like this part yeah. takes place in this, in 18, you know, 30, this was 1860. I mean, it's yeah, like, I'm not we really doing do. math today. Wait, I'm not going to try to kind of, don't try to make me think during this movie. I just want to enjoy it. Um, the other thing I should mention too, I mean, as a, you know, in addition to the cast recording, I think my entire generation also grew up with that 10th anniversary concert on VHS with uh, Leia Salonga and <laughs> Colm and uh, Michael Ball and all those guys. I don't that the 25th annual annual concert with Nick Jonas. I don't think about that one. That's like we're gonna put that off to the side. But um, yeah. I love the 10th anniversary one. I also love at the end of that VHS is when they do the internet. They have the international Jean Valjeans come out and they do. They all sing the end finale in their different languages. So I got to hear. That was so cute. <laughs> I got to hear some of that in J Japanese, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like there you go. But it totally exists. So totally there you go. works. So. All right, so let's take me now to Christmas Day back in 2012. Mm -hmm. We're excited to go see this movie. Casting is, you know, maybe like, okay, or Russell Crowe, I don't know, we'll see. Eddie Raymond, all who knows? All the whites are there. All, all the, the white people. Whites. Like, let's get all the white people in this movie. All of our favorite whites are <laughs> here in this film. By the way, I, I, I took a count. I saw two black people in this entire movie, just to just two. Uh, but, I'm glad that you found them because <laughs> I didn't. Oh. Um. What was your react? Take me through your viewing experience as you're watching this. Like, how did you feel from start to finish? You know, Tom Hooper has this amazing ability to make everything seem even bigger. And so, like, seeing it in the, in the theater, I was like, okay, the first part, the first moment of the film when they're pulling that boat in and the water's gushing, I think that everyone gets chills and your heart wells up and you're like, oh my God, <laughs> because they can't do that on stage. They can try, but mm -hmm. they can't do that. And so I went, oh my God, oh my God, like it's happening and it's going to be the most amazing thing I've ever seen. He starts it well, dude. And his artistic vision throughout the film is gorgeous, just like we saw in the King's speech. It's, there's a through line there. The second someone opens their mouth, <laughs> I go, wait, what? <laughs> I literally, I think I went, oh, uh-uh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It's like if someone comes out in like, I don't know, like a Chanel suit mm -hmm. and then they start speaking, they're like, um, so I, <laughs> and you're like, no, 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 no. It's better if you don't. <laughs> Um, oh I wanted God. to start playing another, like you said, I wanted to break out your two disc soundtrack and just put that in my earbuds and then watch the film. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm tight. This is good. Flawless. Flawless. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of my first moments. <laughs> it, it really is. And for those of you who don't know, what we're talking about, uh, you should watch the movie and you'll know exactly who we're talking about, but we're talking about Russell Crowe and it is, his voice is so jarringly wrong and bad that it is alarming it is you know what's you know what's actually but also heartbreaking about this i actually clocked that stars is not his worst song when mm. he's solo he was actually kind of fine because mm -hmm. it all the placement like the notes were fine when he was in any group number so i don't know the entire film um that's when He's rocky, his placement's odd, he, and it's like no one wanted to correctly coach him. I mean, I felt bad for him because you could tell, like, he was trying to have tonality, and then he was, 
you know, but it just felt like they didn't give him enough time or something, or, you know, cast somebody else. But right. if you're going to cast him, I just felt bad for him. Cause I was like, Oh, they didn't help you out at all. No, so that, and, was, that was me. And that's a great, that's a great point because, you know, I listened to, you know, Russell Crowe is actually a rock and roll singer. He has a band, uh, called something something grunts and toads i don't know what the name of their band is but something like that you know what i like what you said more so there, you, there go. you go grunts and toads um and it he, he doesn't sing this way like that's not how he sings in, in in that band so when i when i was listening to it you know re-watching it you know yesterday and actually today actually um i said to myself I'm it feels like he's being like told and doing an impression of how a musical theater person is singing. Like he's doing an impression. This it's, it's, it's all in the front of his mask. I've never heard anybody do that in no. my life. And I tried oh. singing it. I was as I was driving into New York City today, I was I started singing as him. And I could it actually started feeling pain in my upper cheekbones. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not well. He's no. in pain. And as the movie went on, I it, it was one of those like hills and valleys for me where it's like, right. oh, it's it's getting good, it's getting good, and then oh no, it's not, it's not anymore. And it's getting his good. Confrontation, not bad, not right. not great, not mm -hmm. terrible. Mm -hmm. His stars, not not his worst number. All of his like big group, even like the very beginning. Um, two, four, six, so one. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going? What's My big thing, and I, and I think you brought up a good point where like people like Hugh Jackman like Aaron Teviot, when they when they are doing their what I call the singing dialogue where it's like hello sir you are you know blah 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 <laughs> they know how to do those those types of things without like singing singing they know how Correct. to do it Russell Crowe doesn't know how to do that so he, when he's, he's like, never yeah so when they're meeting um you know in the shop at the beginning and they're like you know, I think I know your face, blah, blah, blah. Like he, like Russell Crowe doesn't know how to pull back in those moments and right. you know, just kind of like almost just speak deliver to them. them like Russell Crowe, dude. Right. Like that's fine. A beautiful mind yourself right now. You right. don't have to. You're, yeah, you're totally right. Cause that's when I was like, this is uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So a question I have for you is why, why did they cast Russell Crowe? Like it, <laughs> you know it, what? He has a presence that is very demanding and it's mm -hmm. very, um, it's very, it's, it's dominating and it's very like villainous. And also, like we just said, the age really matters in this film yeah. because you have to span decades. Right. And him and Hugh perfectly match each other. If mm -hmm. you're just casting and you're just sitting there looking at it, you're like, oh, this checks out. Let's just not even bring up that it's a musical. Like, do you know right. what I mean? So I think right. that that's just where they missed the mark is that they just weren't cognizant of the fact that like he's gonna sing the whole time and how to how's that gonna translate? Right. Not to throw a curveball at you, no. but is there is there a person in line that you're like, man, that would have made a better Javert? I think Will Swinson could have been perfect for that, there and no. I, I think well, and as we've seen him do really well, also. Doesn't Robert Downey Jr. also have a rock band? Like, why did we not call RDJ? What's going on <laughs> with RDJ? Why did his management not forward the call? Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but those are my only two I thought that that could have been a possibility. I think it's difficult. What Do you have any? My dream? So, like, when I was dreaming up this movie ah, in, yes, like, 2005, 2006, cast. Alfred Molina as Javert. Oh, you know, 
Alfred can do no wrong in my heart. I hope there's never some like report about, you know, foul play on him because right. I'm a big stan. I love him so much. Um, that would be fabulous. And then like, oh, yes. yes. I mean, if you yes. need a Hollywood person, he's a name. He um, also understands theater. Hello, Red. And then him opposite Eddie Redmayne. Oh, right. What a moment. That was what a, a deep moment. dive for some of our listeners. Some of them are like, who do you think you are? I don't know. <laughs> So. Oh my God. Just attend an audition nowadays. You'll know what red is. Oh, good Lord. I hear that monologue over and over again. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's talk about the cast because like I said, let's we do. could, you know, from top to bottom, you've got Hollywood, um, you know, up and comers, you've got A-list people left and right. You've got like Easter eggs for Les Mis fans and things yeah. like that. Um, what was like, let me ask you this. Some, um, like in terms of the cast, like what were some of the, the high points? Like, man, that person did a great job. And, and maybe the ones that they really did mess the, the mark on. Um, okay. So I already know something we're going to disagree on. So I'm just going to say it now. So I actually genuinely rewatching this, I feel like Anne Hathaway was a great choice. And I really agreed with her moments. And I thought that she, when she was, you know, speak singing, it was fine. When she was actually singing, it wasn't weird. Mm -hmm. um, I actually think that she held her own and was deserving of her stupid hype. So I actually think that that was a good casting choice, especially like age wise. She goes from like her, her gorgeous long hair. And then when they hack it off, it's all very believable. It's never like, oh, they really had to turn one on her. Like, I don't know. But it just, I think that that made sense. I really cannot with Amanda Seyfried's goat voice. I don't know why she keeps getting cast in musicals. I think she's great. I think she's funny, but she's the Tara Reid of our musical generation. I, I don't get it. So when I'm like listening to in my love, like who is telling you to use that much vibrato? Ma'am. Mm -hmm. um, that one killed me. And then I felt as though Eddie should have stayed as one of the other barricade boys. Maybe Fui even mm -hmm. though the guy who played Fleet was lovely. Um, I felt like Aaron could have been put in easily a Marius role. I think he's Thank still you. young enough. Um, I think he would have been great, and I think we could have definitely had Ramin in the Angelois role, as he should be. So. Right. I mean, I think when you get into those roles, yeah. you don't need name actors in a lot of those roles. You can Everybody cast. was going to go to this movie. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I feel the same way about cats. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But like, you don't need names for some of these roles. And it just seems like a waste. And by the way, if this movie had been made five years later, uh, Anna, yeah. Kendrick, Anna Kendrick is playing uh, Fantine. That's just like, I'm just gonna throw oh, that out there. Oh, wow. So, hot take, for sure. Hot take. Sure. Um, but Again, another opportunity for Leah Michelle to be butthurt. Continue. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I actually agree with a lot of what you're saying. And what's okay. interesting is that I rewatching it, I really wanted to kind of go back and really investigate my feelings towards Anne Hathaway in this movie because this movie now has reached a legendary status where one could argue that this movie killed and helped Anne Hathaway's career simultaneously, where it got her an Oscar, but it also revealed a lot of things about her as a human being, which then made, made her the target of intense hatred, which one could argue she has not recovered from since uh, or in yeah. her career. So yeah. I, I tried watching it and I was like, all, all the th negative feelings I had towards Anne Hathaway's performance in this movie had more to do with Anne Hathaway than actually her performance. So I agree with you. I think she's actually good. And I started trying to figure out why do I not like Anne Hathaway? And 
it was one of those things, and I, I don't want to. It's not that whole stigma of like you know being likable and, and women being unlikable because that's right. a terrible that's a terrible thing to say. No, about I, yeah. What it was for me though was it goes back to her Oscars acceptance speech, Ooh. and I, I watched that YouTube clip today too as well because I went back and I I remember watching it live and she grabs this trophy, and the first thing she says is like it came true and it's like nobody in the room reacts. By the way, if you watch when she wins to get up stage, it's the most polite applause you've ever seen in an Academy Award. There's no one cheering. She get the second she hits the stage, the applause stops. So there's something there. And I I kind of said to myself, maybe it was throughout that entire award season that run, campaign. run. Yeah. That campaign was just done clearly wrong. It, she she tried to go the overly humble route where like people asked her, like I remember I saw an interview where it's like you know, how do you feel about your performance, Lame? And she's like, nah, it was all right. And I'm like, you, you're getting awards buzz. Like, <laughs> it just, she comes sorry, off very- but no one is Sally Field except Sally Field. Thank you. I'll say you. that till the day I die. Thank you. Um, and she beat Sally Field that year, by the way, for the Oscar. Um, so like, there you go. Um, yeah, just nothing was genuine about her in that entire campaign. I, I really, I feel like that's in, impacted her career since where ever since Lame is, any movie I've seen of hers, I'm just like, mm. And, mm -hmm. and so it's it's an interesting dynamic that I think that, you know, you could actually yeah. just look up, like, why do people hate Anne Hathaway? And there's, like, a billion articles <laughs> about this. So it's weird. Um, as opposed to the other casting, I'm 100% with you about Amanda Seyfried. And she's a white girl that can kind of sing. And that's what, in Hollywood, they will take that and drive that home uh, as much as possible. It's bizarre. It's yeah. really bizarre. I think she's lovely, and I, I do enjoy seeing her on screen. I'm never going to be like, she's untalented. I just, I don't think that singing's her avenue, so I don't know yeah. why they yeah. would do that to us. Okay. And for as, and when it comes to Eddie Raymane, um, hmm, lovely actor, lovely human being. I Very nice once. guy. Yes. Very nice yes, guy. Yes. Um, he makes singing look painful in this movie. Like there are some people that make it look easy and he makes it look like it's a nine to five construction job where it's like he is laboring in this movie. Nothing yes. drives me nuts more when people hit a vibrato and physically shake their head as well, they're doing. Yeah. It's like, that's not, um, it, it's not safe for you. <laughs> no. Not. And he, and he kind of does this like Kermit the frog singing voice where he's like, oh, da, da, da. you know, a heart yes. full of love. And it's, it's so like, mm, like, Empty chairs, oh. empty notes. That's what oh. I felt. <laughs> there you go. There you go. How about any other highlights for this cast for you? Any any other ones? I that, was like, really so excited out? about the addition of Samantha Barks into the role of Eponine because she is a theater name and she was perfectly cast for the part. However, however, if you hear her sing anywhere else, that girl can belt. That girl can slap you in the face with her voice. <laughs> and you watch that movie and you're like, they did you a disservice because you can tell they're like, hold back. Because mm. you will outsing the shit out of everyone else in this film. And that's what, I mean, just watching it, I was like, oh, they didn't let her do her thing. Like, they were like, do this version of you, not mm. give it all. Because it would have been embarrassing, I feel like, for everybody else. Right. So either let her be at her level or bring everybody else up and cast it accordingly, you know? So I'm, know. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. She was the one that was like, yeah, I agree. Like I was, I was watching on my own and some of her other stuff. It was just like, Hmm, she's not really 
dialing it up to 11, so to speak. And it was Correct. just like, yeah. hmm. Uh, and I saw Pretty Woman on Broadway last year, and I kind of said the same thing there. I was like, when is this girl just going to be let loose on us? You know, like. Did you hear her doing Amelie? Gorgeous. Real? Like, I have not. So I got to check that out. Yeah. There's a lot of her where you're like, okay, she's amazing. We just got to, I guess, let her do it. I don't know. Mm. There you go. There you go. Any other general thoughts about this movie that you noticed as, as, upon the rewatch? Can we just take a moment to appreciate Sasha and Helena? Because Sasha Baron Cohen and Helena Bottom Carter, two people that would not traditionally be cast as the Tenardiers, they killed it in Sweeney Todd. They killed it in this film. They make life worth living. They were hilarious. They're their choices were spot on. They were vocally there. They were not giving or, you know, I think that it was a disservice that we didn't get to hear um, dog eats dog. I think it's a mm. disservice yep. that we did not celebrate them as much as we were like, you know, like we were like, oh, Anne Hathaway, you know, it's <laughs> like they were also really great. Like, yeah. I, I think that that was a bummer that we did not freak out about them more. So, yeah, no, when I heard that casting, I mean, I was, I was definitely like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. I see that. I mean, I kind of, it, what was funny was like seeing, seeing Helena Bonham Carter in like 18th century grungy, like clothes is just kind of a thing now. That's like, shit. <laughs> just That's like shit. I, yes. I saw it in Sweeney Todd work there. Saw it right. here works as well. Um, but yeah, like I, I actually liked, really liked their performance. I actually liked how they did a lot of things differently than you typically see with those characters as well. I love the fact that he keeps getting Cosette's name wrong, which is amazing. Uh, oh my gosh, every time he would turn and like, Colette, yeah, I said Cosette. <laughs> like, it's just such a good, like, beat. And uh, yeah, it yeah. didn't take me out. He's so good. And it also just like being a smaller girl, like character, whatever. When mm -hmm. I saw her in that role, I was like, I could do that maybe one day. Whereas I never thought that, you know, I was like, oh, they're, they, you know, they only want this one type of woman to play that role. So I think it was cool. I think you could have Todrick Hall play that role at this point. Like, mm. <laughs> yes, just like I love it. All. Yeah. Who's going on tour, by the way. So you know, yes. minor plug there. Um, but um, yeah, no, it, it, really, really strong on that point. Let me ask you this. What did you think about the live singing in the movie? This is something that was new. I mean, no one really had done this before. Uh, what did you think about that? I'm fine if it's good. <laughs> I don't care if it's bad. <laughs> like when someone's like, we were live singing, I'm like, okay, great. I'd rather you dub it if you can sound better. There you go. Personally, there you go. what about you? I mean, it, I liked it from an acting standpoint because it's like, oh, then you can really have some authentic moments there, especially like early on when um, Hugh Jackman's in the chapel and he's like crying as he's singing and mm -hmm. you hear it in his voice and it's like, oh, okay, that's it's where beautiful. it works. Yeah. And then like later on when, you know, they're doing, um, I dreamed a dream and it, it doesn't really work. And then you're just wishing that that was done. <laughs> it's like, mm. but yeah. here's my problem with this, th with this. And I, I, I really dug into this while I was watching it again. So the problem with speaking, singing and doing yeah. it live, so to speak sure. is in this musical, there is inconsistencies of why people are singing at certain moments. So there's lines of dialogues. I'm singing dialogues to you. And then I'm also singing inner monologues as well. And then there's times oh. where I, I might say, you know, one word to you that's not singing. And then the next song, it's like, so like, here's a good example. So like a lot of stuff between Valjean and Javert early on, where he's like, you know, I don't remember the dialogue, but it's like, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. You know, wait, go get the flag. That's <laughs> not being sung. But then the next line is, oh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, wait, yeah. why are we going so back and forth. 
the choices. And again, when you have a director that is not a musical director who is unfamiliar with those little nuances of artistic moments, you get that. That's what you get. So, right. right. Yeah. Hey, good takes, good takes. Any other general thoughts before we get into the categories? Oh, no, we just got to do this. Let's just dive in. Let's dive in. All right, so dust your room moments. Let's get into it. Any point in this movie that it starts to get a little emotional for you? Um, you know, there's a lot of like fabricated emotional moments that you're like, I'm supposed to get emotional here and Mm -hmm. they're crying. So I'm crying. Like, honestly though, like Anne Hathaway's, um, I will call it, it's a whole moment when she is, you know, feeding her kid with the hair and everything. I'm just being vague to not be, you know, um, but when she's having to take that sailor up to that room and she's like, easy money, lying on your bed. And, and I started to cry because I was like, this is heartbreaking. And she's mm. giving it to me. And she's like, a mother, like, whatever. So that part, Gavroche's death, I think, is the second one where I'm like, oh, the war happened. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it wasn't until then that I was like, this is real. <laughs> so, mm. Anyways, that was my little dusty moment um i started to giggle at fantine's death when she's looking at um cosette in the uh the drapes if you will because the little girl that's playing cosette they i don't know if they gave her any direction but she just does this and you guys can't see me so i'll just like describe it she just goes (laughs) (laughs) she literally has like the the sweetest dumbest smile on her face no teeth and then she just puts out her hand like, here you go, mom. And it's just, <laughs> and I was like, oh, but she's dying. So there. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's weird. Like I actually, just like you, I mean, there are moments in this musical that are always going to make me, you know, emotional, you know, the chills and things, the ending, like the, the last do you hear the, hear the people sing, mm-hmm. that's always going to get to me. The music, just yeah. the swelling of the music. Say, do you hear the distant it's drums? It's the epic. Epic. Like, I'm always going to get emotional hearing that. Um, mm-hmm. Bring him home. I'm always going to get emotional, you know, during that song because I just love, freaking Dudes love that love song. Dudes love that song. Dudes they really, love we really that do. Song. I'm serious. It's one of those things that dudes are like, man, bring him home. And I'm like, God on high. I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> okay. By the way, for those of you who really want to treat, um, and then also, I should, before I get there, um, seeing Cole Wilkinson in this movie. Oh, that was beautiful. That got to me. I was like, yeah. oh, he's playing the, the the priest and oh my God. Like that it's was him. a good yeah. And he can still sing and it's like, oh, beautiful. And the reason I bring that up is actually um there's a great YouTube video behind the scenes between it's like them talking about Colm being on the set and like how mm-hmm. awesome it was. And how there's a parody song, I think it's Forbidden Broadway that did it, but like about bring him home but basically it's called god this is too high and like the entire song <laughs> yeah. is talking is he's complaining about how, how high these notes are but Colm sings the song in that video like perfectly <laughs> and so he's like you know he's getting up to those notes but he's ta- he's singing the parody version of it it's phenomenal so definitely check that out if you haven't seen it who okay so you know how i met your mother yes yes neil patrick harris super super tall actor on the show what is his jason name? Jason Siegel, them mm-hmm. doing the confrontation. If you're Googling videos, that's the one you Google after because it makes you laugh so hard. And people love that song. And this movie was not my favorite version of it. No. But yeah, 
So Especially when they're they're fighting while singing, which just looks goofy. Like you know, like <laughs> they start. My race is not yet run. <laughs> I it's was like that's born what... inside a jail. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's so true. But it was the first time I ever heard that line. So kudos for the. That's diction. true. They did change. And by the way, that, that actually brings up a good point. They did these little things with the musical where they changed little things that sometimes were really unnecessary. Like, why are you changing that lyric? Like, like I mean, these are by the way, these are lyrics that fans know by heart. Like, you heart, can, I, yeah. I can sing this entire score by heart so when they change little words here there it throws me completely like wait what <laughs> they added yeah. that um so yeah little changes here that that kind of annoy me throughout which again like they did it in phantom too and i'm like why why like why are you doing this um you already just, covered that one right we already we, did it but okay. we could always do a part two like we could just go back and you know. no i'm chris i'm good <laughs> <laughs> thanks bro. no reason to make you watch that again yeah no absolutely absolutely um so yeah, uh, yeah, that, those are really the only uh, dusty room moments for me. How about any yeesh moments for this, where you're just like, yeah, that didn't come off well. One part that I have never yeeshed, and that I definitely yeeshed, was Valjean creeping through the forest, little Cosette with her pail. He says, "Quote, child, don't be afraid. Where do you live?" And I went, "Ooh, what?" <laughs> Because I know it's part of the story and we're not supposed to think it's creepy and it ends up being in good faith. But never come up to a child and say, child, don't be afraid. Where do you live? And then she's totally like, ah. And then the next shot, the, literally the next shot is him holding her hand and her smiling. And I was like, I'm scared. <laughs> so... So that was my only heesh. I was like, I know this is probably like a book musical thing, not so much the movie, but it was just uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, for me, it's like, I, I know, I mean, obviously like lovely ladies, that entire sequence is always going to just make you feel really bad and uncomfortable. And then, but part of me is like, man, I wish there was like a sequence they could put before lovely ladies where mm -hmm. it shows like Fantine trying everything else before she gets to that point. So to speak. that's a good I was literally like, why did we A to see this so hard in mm -hmm. this thing? Because she literally just like gets uh, axed from her job. And then she's literally like, I guess I'll have to suck it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it was just like, what? Yeah. Like, uh, you, know, you know, you're totally right. Like, there just needs to be just a little bit of like, she can't get anything else. She cannot pay or provide for her daughter in any other way at this at these stakes in France, et cetera, et cetera. P.S. When are we ever going to have French accents in this show? Who's to say? Why wasn't this the time to incorporate the fact that they're not British? Okay, continue. <laughs> next, next. That's a next, great next point. Go. I mean, because again, it's like maybe, I don't know, maybe a seamstress is like, like one step above prostitution. And that's like, hey, if you can't be a seamstress, you might as well be a prostitute. I mean, I don't. It just it was it was a hard it was a hard left turn for me where I'm like oh, right. it's a movie you could have probably just aided that but you know what are you mm -hmm. gonna do so um, well folks we know with these movies and musicals not every question is answered and mysteries go unsolved so I call this lingering questions and boy I had a couple for this movie um, okay. Grace let me start with you did you have any lingering questions about Les Mis the movie what? or just Les Mis in general. Oh, well, that's see, okay, that's the hard part, right? Because we're talking about just this film, and mm -hmm. I could also just also talk about the musical in and of itself. But what if they had cast this film as if it were the Broadway revival? What if they had completely decided to act like 
this was something that was on stage that would be live singing uh, eight days, eight shows a week, you know, and, and had people of that caliber. Would it have been the same? You know, I, I don't know. Um, what if they finally had French accents? Because if you notice, like Sasha and Helena, they kind of did it at times. They kind of mm-hmm. had like five accents, which was funny. I didn't care. Um, and then what if Leah Michelle had gotten her wish and been in this film at all? Right. Yeah, it's it's one of those musicals where you can make it diverse. You can do things with it, and you're still. It's not going to really change how these characters, you know, are, and it's not going to really change the story. I mean, I remember like when the Broadway revival that you're referring to. I mean, it's really diverse cast. I mean, there are you know black yeah. people in the cast, Asians in the cast, um, and it didn't change anybody's like, oh man, all of a sudden Les Mis is not believable anymore because there's a you know black person in France, uh, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I, I completely see your point. I, I think that's a definite. Um, I think if they re, if this is being made in 2019, it's definitely a more diverse cast uh, at that point. Right. Uh, um, on that yeah. end, um, a lingering question I had, um, and maybe this is a maybe this is a Les Mis thing. Um, why does John Val or, or why does Valjean? Why is he the target of Javert's heir when he's clearly not necessarily the worst criminal in jail? Like he stole a loaf of bread. There's probably murderers in that jail. Yeah. <laughs> and yet Javert's like, you know what? You stole a loaf of bread. You're now my like number one uh, target here. Can I hot take that? Please. I think, as we know in life, for a lot of men, everything is a dick contest. Mm. And when he is so strong <laughs> that he can move that low wagon. I think that it's like this ego thing for Javert that this low man is so strong. Like, I don't know. That's my only possible beef they could have. But you're totally right. Like, why? Why that guy? Why that guy? Um, By the way, when I talk about earlier about that whole inconsistency of speaking versus singing, nothing is further evident of that in that scene. Where like Rue Plume or whatever. Yeah. yeah, when he's running to the car, be like, grab that over there, grab and they're actually speaking, like, grab that, lift this. And then like all of a sudden, like Javert's like, hmm, I know your face. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like oh, and then, you remind and then, like, me of a man. You remind me of a man. And then <laughs> and Valjean's on the ground with the guy being like, What are say what you say? It's like you guys were just talking. Like, yeah. why are we yeah, singing yeah. again? Like also, there you go. In the book, oh, I'll take it back. In take the back. book, Gavroche is also the son of the Thenardiers and Ooh. is Eponine's younger brother. Why do we never see that little family photo? Why do we go. never see that through line? Because it makes sense that like she cares about the barricade and her little brother's fighting for the revolution as well. Why do we Ooh. never see the Thenardiers with all of them, you know, in on right. it? And also we see little Eponine being a total biatch to Cosette and we don't see the transformation of why she is all of a sudden likable. Cause like, <laughs> do you know Cause she's saying? poor. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Cause she doesn't like, get the guy that she wants. And you know, and I'm like, well, you are like a hardcore beach to Cosette who now has cute hats. So I don't care. But then you're like, Oh man, I feel bad for her. <laughs> so It's just like a weird turn. Uh, I love it. Um, any other lingering questions for you? No, it's a... I had another one. Oh, um, why doesn't Valjean just leave France? Like, <laughs> like he, this, so simple. <laughs> like this movie is 
over if he just goes to Spain or he goes to Germany and lives out his days. It's like he he escapes and he moves to the next town over and is shocked when Javert shows up. Like, oh my God, he found me. You're still in the same country. You're still in this, probably the same province. <laughs> still in the same country. Go America. You changed your name. And you, your first name was better. <laughs> you didn't grow a beard. Like, it's like you're the same person. And then like, so if like, if you, if this takes place in New York, basically, it's like, you, you know, me and Javert, we're, we're in Queens mm-hmm. and I'm going to escape and I'm going to get away to Staten Island and he's never going to find me. He's never going to find you. And you then, know like, what? He, he might, because who goes to Staten Island? Who but... goes to Staten Island? Right. Oh God. Oh. That's such a weird <laughs> truth. Just leave France. Honestly, just move. That's just all right, move. folks. You heard it here. You <laughs> if go. you're in a bad musical, just freaking move. Just leave. Just yeah. leave. All right. So before we get into uh, our ratings of the singing, the acting, and the design, um, I always like to kind of throw out some some casting what ifs. Mm. And because this movie in development hell for like you know 15 almost 20 years um there were a lot of casting artists but more recently for this particular film i wanted to bring up some interesting um ones so for cosette um some of the notable names that actually auditioned to be in this movie so they actually willingly auditioned uh, were were emma watson shailene woodley and miranda cosgrove so let me ask you this grace would any of those have been better than amanda seyfried uh, Miranda, maybe. Mm-hmm. Miranda has recorded before for Nickelodeon. Um, she's the only one out of that group, I think. And also Taylor Swift. No, no, no. Oh, that's Taylor right. was for other, for Eponine. F- Taylor Swift. <laughs> is laughable, but you know. You but know, hey, she's I, in cast now, so that's, you know. She, yeah, she, justice for Taylor. She really needs the work. Um, but no, no, no. I think that Miranda's probably the only one of that group. But also, like, why that group? Why not just as somebody who sings for a living? Right. Like, what's wrong with this? I mean, like, for any anyway. for the the mystery of like, oh man, what does Emma Watson sound like when she sings? We found out later on with Beauty and the Beast, and it was not good. So, that um, poor girl. That She's poor so girl. talented. She's no. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, for Fontaine, we had, or no, I'm sorry, for Eponine, before we get to mm-hmm. Fontaine, some of the notable names that, again, auditioned to be in this movie were Hayden Pantieri, Scarlett Johansson, and Leia Michelle. So would this movie have been better with any three of them? Yeah, I think that you could have moved Leah Michelle, and that would have been fine. It, and it also would have been a nice little turnaround for her to have done the Broadway show as like young when she young cosette yeah yeah i think that that would have been fine i mean regardless of my own whatever um yeah i think that that it would have made sense i don't think that anybody would have had a problem with that no we've seen her do on my own on glee i mean she was auditioning then so yeah that's true that's true um all right so for fontaine we had like a, a murderous row of people that came out for this movie. Mm-hmm. So some of the notables, Amy Adams auditioned. Um, Jessica Justice B- for Amy. Maybe Justice she might have Amy? actually won an Oscar because she's been nominated, I don't know, seven times and never won. That poor, poor sweet Amy. Anyways. By the way, uh, 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 Anne Hathaway beat her for an Oscar that year too. So <laughs> she, was, she was also nominated for Best Supporting Actress that same year. Um, Jessica Biel uh, also uh, Marion Cotillard. So we would have had a French person in this cast, <laughs> <laughs> which is sing? why she didn't get cast. By the way, that's oh, why. Oh, really? Because they were like, we can't understand you and your British like, accent. <laughs> like it's if, too off-putting. If everybody who's British is French, 
Yeah. Who's the French person? Russian, I guess. Like that doesn't oh. work. That doesn't yeah. work. And then you could have Scarlett Johansson, anyways. Right. Uh, Kate Winslet was also auditioned to be Fontaine, so which I'm like, I can't believe Kate Winslet didn't didn't got beat out by Anne Hathaway, but okay. Uh, and then Emily Blunt. But here's an interesting story about Emily <gasps> Blunt. Oh, what? So Emily Blunt uh, was in negotiations for this movie that they wanted, but the whole thing was that like Hooper wanted her to come in and audition, and she told her agent that she did not want to audition for this role, this movie. Offers only, bitch. <laughs> Offers only in 2012, um, and you know, two years later she did Into the Woods, so I guess it was fine. But um, you know, Emily Blunt. So let me ask you this: any one of those that I just named off, would you have rather seen than uh, than Anne Hathaway? Maybe not rather, but could have considered Kate Winslet would have killed that. And I don't know about right? her vocals. I'll be honest. I don't know about the vocals. We know Emily Blunt can sing. I don't know that she would have had the same tonality, though, that Anne Hathaway brought, which is mm-hmm. a lot of rawness. I've never heard her do anything that's beyond a very Julie Andrews style of music. So I don't know, you know. Mm. But um, those two, I would have been like, yeah. <laughs> And just to, you know, uh, tack on to your love of Amy Adams, I mean, we will be doing Enchanted on this podcast at some yes, point, too. Yes, so, yes. <laughs> there you go. I watched so the, it last week, dude. Did you I really? Watched it, I watched it all the time. That might have to be our next one after this, uh, just, just by sheer automatic, you saying that. So, yeah, we're um, there you go. There you go. All right, for, for Javert, we actually didn't get too many Javerts for this one, but the one that did stick out. Um, slim which, Pickens in the bottom. Slim Pickens, apparently, yeah. um, was Paul Bettany. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? Um, I, I don't really have thoughts. What are your Me thoughts? neither. I've never heard the guy sing, so I couldn't really yeah. have one way or another on that one. Um, for, when it comes to the um, Tinnieres, um, notable names that were considered were Rowan Atkinson at one point. Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, Robin Williams at some point. Um, Steve Martin at some point yeah. as well. So... Any of Famously, those. I love Steve. Famously, I love Steve. Would have loved Steve as like a funny priest. Mm. Would have loved. Would have loved that. Um, yeah, Robin would have been great. I mean, I think yeah, I think you just have to have someone who's like vocally just capable. And as we've seen him in Aladdin, honestly, fine. But I think that Sasha is fantastic, and I yep. want to see him more in m- movie musicals. I think that. He's great in them, so yeah. keep it going. And for anybody who's like, man, I wish we could do one with Steve Martin, we're going to be doing Prince of Egypt at some point on this podcast. So, and he sings in that movie, so we'll have to we'll That's have to get that point right. I, I, you guys can't see me, but I'm doing the walk like an Egyptian because that is his choreography in the film. Not that he does it, because he's an animated character. He's an animated character. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and that was that was really the only ones like I could find uh, that were really for this exact movie but yeah it was it, it's interesting it seems like half of hollywood was like went out for this movie and this is what we ended up getting but you know what are you gonna do wow what a bizarre call board you must have seen or like just like them posting the headshots next to each other like this is the cast and you're like <laughs> what wait what <laughs> okay are you sure okay um all right so let's go in let's get into the singing the dancing the acting the design and, and rate okay. them one through ten and give some reasons why so for you, singing-wise, for Les Mis, what did you what did you give this one? I gave it a six because so many people brought tens down to fours. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. there were so many. There, there's just such an inconsistency. Like we just did um, Little Shop, right? 
Yep. And it's consistent across the board. So nobody's like insanely stellar, but nobody's terrible at all. So it was consistent. This movie is so inconsistent vocally. So I think that I had to give it a six. What about you? Yeah, I was actually right there. I gave it a seven um, for the same reasons. It's like, yeah, you've got some really great singers and the ones that know how to do it are phenomenal. And then the ones that are, you know, they're trying. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. um, again, you know, people like Eddie Redmayne who just make it, just watch him sing. It looks like he's in physical pain as he's singing. Uh, it's just, it's, he looks terrified. Like he actually looks like he's like, Oh my God, I'm singing. And, uh, um, yeah, it's not good. Um, how about the dancing? I didn't really have any dancing in this movie. I mean, there's like choreographed movement, but I I, I gave it a non-applicable. Yeah, I, I literally wrote question mark, so we're yeah, good. Nothing there. Um, how about the acting in this movie? <laughs> Gonna say the same thing that I said for singing. I give it a six because there are lots of highlights, acting moments, and then there's a lot of like, stone-faced i'm just trying to get through the song mm-hmm. so i just i give it a six i will I say this though the the background people are killing it in this movie oh my gosh the barricade one day more killing one day it more people uh here without a freedom and i'm like yes yes raise that flag mm-hmm. so good um i also gave it a seven because again it's like some of it's great and then there's moments where it's like really you use that take um you know the yeah. the i don't know why i and i've seen this i've seen the show i think like four times um i've never thought that the ending finale when valjean is dying looked silly until i saw this movie i was like this looks silly mm, <laughs> death scenes and you know death scenes are famously difficult because no one is ever dying on camera a b when they do, it turns into this last moments of Mimi and Rent where they <gasps> I saw it light. You're like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You know oh, what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's musical theater. And so, like, we have this weird, like, push and pull. Like, how do we just, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, tongue out of the side of the mouth. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, yeah, hot take. Hot sure. takes there. Hot takes. Uh, how about the design for this movie? The design is a 10. A it 10. Is gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's, beautiful to watch if the design matched the caliber of the performers that it deserved it it literally would be the best movie musical of all time which kills me kills me because when when i saw the first trailer for this movie i started crying because i was like oh my god this is gorgeous and then but what was weird was during the trailer you could actually hear that like they were singing live and i'm like oh okay that's not the best version of you know i dreamed a dream but hopefully they don't use that version of the movie. And so I should have used that as a clue. And actually what was funny is I remember literally after watching that trailer going online and Googling, are they singing live in the Lady Miz movie? And then wow, I was like, you were that like concerned. You were like, Oh my God, is this what's going to happen? Okay. I was worried. And um, I was like, Oh, okay, we'll see. And, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's one of those movies that's like, put it on mute, play the, the original cast recording, it's a phenomenal experience. Yeah. <laughs> just like Wizard of sure. Oz and the Dark Side of the Moon. Like, you know, it's like just, Oh you my know, gosh, yes. I too went go. to that laser light show. There you go. There you yeah. go. Um, all right. Let's get into our, our numbers. My, uh, Let's get into our bops and, and not bops. Uh, sure. <laughs> so to speak. Um, any bops during Lame is the movie? One Day More is always a bop. Mm-hmm. And indeed, in this film, it is still a bop. It slaps every time. Every time. 
one day two a revolution i'm like oh yeah here we go like the bass is about to drop we're about to like turn the lights off like it's gonna be crazy it's such a good song and they do they do it very very well classically so it's a bop yeah i'm 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 right there with you um also master the house in this one definitely a bop for me um, wasn't that also so well shot like when really well like shot doing like it's so it's such great like physical comedy and then like her you know helena whispering singing it's usually such a big like moment for madame Thenardier to kind of like show herself off and she just takes it so oddly which is right. very her um but no 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 for sure that was awesome by the way, let me ask you this. Um, this might be a personal question. I don't know. When you are singing One Day More in your car or in the shower or wherever you might be singing it, when you get to the end and you've got all the f- different parts going at once, which one do you pick to sing? Um, because I ended up actually going on only once and <laughs> understanding the Tenardiers, I always pick that one because theirs is hilarious. They have this like, uh, one is, uh, uh, watch out, mama, mark. Catch on my fall. Never know your luck when there's a crazy. It's so stupid. And everybody's like, ah! and then you, you just hear, runner, runner. <laughs> so I I famously, and I'm sure everyone listening to this who listens to Les Mis loves oh, to yeah. sing every single part of the song. Mm-hmm. But at the end, when I get there, I'm like, oh, I'm committing to this terrible accent. What about you? <laughs> um, I, I stick with Valjean uh, through through the basically the entire you thing. Wanna, so. You want that moment for yourself. I want that moment. I do. You deserved it. If you sang through the whole song. I really do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Those are definitely bops. And, and they then they slap uh, often, I don't know they what that do word slap. means, but it slaps. It's good. <laughs> this is why I'm glad I'm doing this podcast with you because you can be my translator. It's like, yeah, you that s- totally slaps. Yes, <laughs> I don't. Sure. You start saying that in the audition room. Like, it, it did slap. She did slap. <laughs> she did slap. And then yes. all the other people think I'm cool. Like, oh man, he's really with it. Um, what was not a bop in the movie version? Empty chairs was not a bop. Not a bop. Oof. I mean, anytime that Eddie Raymond sings is not a bop. It's like, ooh. But I think, like, when you're given the gift of... And also, like, let's take this moment to say, Enjolras is one of those roles that no... Like, you can't have somebody weak in that role. And I'm glad that they didn't do their celeb casting moment where they were like, you know who we should have? Drake Bell or something. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Weird. But, like, you know, they they didn't do that. They cast someone who's, you know, a very capable singer. But and, and Empty Chairs is never a good quote song, mm-hmm. um, but he definitely made it not a bop. I was like, yeah. I'm ready to fast forward. I mean, something one of the I think all of all the moments in musical theater canon that I've listened to, one of my favorite moments is that key change where Michael Ball goes, oh, my friends, my friends. <laughs> and he just kills that. And oh, chill inducing, and it just it was it was inducing, but of a different chemical in the movie. Yeah. And I was just like, damn it, um, yeah. So, and I, it's funny. The first time he started singing in technically Act Two um, of the movie, I started worrying about that moment. I was like, oh god, Empty Chairs is not going to sound good. Well, famously, I think that Tom Hooper likes to watch Eddie Redmayne cry. Like, I think he gets off on it because he loves. <laughs> taping Eddie Redmayne cry as featured in the Danish girl, which I saw by myself in which I clocked 48 times Eddie Redmayne cries about himself. Um, mm. but it was just 
ridiculous. And so I was like, oh, maybe he's just trying to show him cry again. Yeah. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. So. Anything that you're going to fast forward to in this movie, by the way? Like if, if, if you had to go the back end? and watch it again. The end? There you go. To the end? Yeah. I'm okay. with you. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Um, <laughs> all right. Last, let's get into our awards. Let's get, let's do this. Um, who gets your Julie award? I'm actually going to say the Tenardiers because I think as a unit, mm. they're the only people that are a couple in the, in the entire musical film that made sense. Like mm. vocally, they matched each other. They never outsung each other. Like it, it always matched. They were always on par. So I actually gave it to them as a unit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I gave it to every single one of the background singers in every single ensemble number. So, like, mm-hmm. look, look down. The guys are doing fantastic. Lovely ladies, amazing. Yes. The, the early, the the um, you know, the the shop where they're like, you know, you know, talking trash. By the way, side note: How is like having a letter about your child like the most scandalous thing that could have possibly happen on that floor? Like, that's Chris. This is before <laughs> Twitter. Like this is this is back in the factories of 1800s France, and letters were everything. Apparently, I don't know. I I think it's weird. Just like with all the terrible things that are going on during the French Revolution, did you hear she's got a letter of her kid? Like that's ooh, like. Well, I thought that the whole thing was that like she gives it up for other guys, but she's never going to give it up to you. I thought that that was the whole contentious like. That's why, like, you got to get out of here because you you said that you didn't want to do stuff, but then you're doing stuff with other guys. It's like a very fratty thing to do. I yeah, don't know. yeah, but, exactly. Um, yeah. So that that they, those folks got my Julie. Um, okay, here, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So we call the Russell Crowe Award for this movie. So I could easily have just said I'm giving it to its namesake, but I tried to find someone else who's also terrible uh, in this movie. So anybody anybody else get your Russell Crowe for this? Oh, I gave it to Amanda. Definitely. Mm. I gave it to Amanda Seyfried because it just, every time I heard her sing, I didn't want to hear her sing, which to me is, you know, the Russell. Again, what a lovely person to watch on screen. Loved her choices. When she sings, I need it to end. So that's, Mm. yeah, that's who I gave it to because it was just like the vibrato was just like in a weird place. And I just couldn't. Hot take. uh, I gave it to Anne Hathaway. (gasps) Yeah. Anne Hathaway? Annie Hathaway gets my 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 Russell Crowe award for a movie that of why we named this award what it is. Um, the reason being is that um, I just I just find her insufferable and I can't. It's like I can't. I couldn't get past it. And like there are, there are times where like I want moments to be bigger vocally, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. chooses to go smaller. And I'm just like okay, like I get it. Like yeah. Like how do I put this? Oh gosh, again. My dislike for Anne Hathaway in this movie and as in Anne Hathaway as a person, it's complex, but it's like you're watching someone in a movie that like I felt like they are trying to get an Oscar. Like everything they're oh, doing in this movie. It's am, a little baby. Right. I am putting on a highlight reel for my Oscar moment here. And yeah. that I just was like, I don't feel anything genuine about this character. Um, I mean, the, the moments where she's like, you know, cutting her hair and, you know, pulling her teeth out, like, I get it. And, mm-hmm. but I just like vocally, I'm just like, I just want more. I just want more oomph from you, so to speak. So yeah. that was, that was my big reason why I gave her 
um, my Russell Crowe. But if I was really going to give my award, you know, it's Russell Crowe. I mean, it's like, Russell Crowe. He will. For, but it's almost work. like he's an outlier at this point in this right. film because they're like, no, 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 no I, I can't deal with that. Like that's yeah. just already not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So before we get into our last question of should this get a remake, let's talk about Cats because we are now, you know, two months away from. I mean, because I mean, this movie is also coming out on Cats on Christmas Day. We're getting Cats in the movie, also directed by Tom Hooper. Um, I don't know if they're doing live singing in this. I, I haven't been able to find that information. I really hope they're not. But from the look of it, uh, it looks he looks like he shot it very similarly. And well, he also went way over time and way over budget because I have insides. But um, yeah, I will. I have never. I'll say this right now. It's recording. I have never seen cats because I famously Ooh. like real cats and I don't like to see people as cats cause it's weird. But, um, <laughs> but, and also like, I have like a, I love some Andrew Lloyd Webber. I don't love some Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, my favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber is actually song and dance and school of rock, which are his least celebrated. Whoa, musicals. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, deep dive right my there. podcast is going to be tell me on a Sunday, but, um, I, I'm very excited to see this because I want to know if a he learned anything from the first because of all you know what we're talking about right now. Um, yeah, I mean it looks totally bizarre from the trailer. You've seen the trailer. I think the world has seen the trailer. It's one of the creepiest things next to Furbies I've ever seen. <laughs> and yep. I can't wait to see it though. It's yeah. just like Les Mis. I'm like I can't wait to see this. I'm gonna go on Christmas Day to my small town movie theater where there's going to be either zero people or 500. And yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm yeah. It's one of those things where I don't feel like there, the fandom of cats is as passionate that you have to get it right as other movie musicals are. Like if they made a Hamilton musical or a wicked oh, musical, right. like, and they, and they get somehow elements of those things wrong, people will riot. With cats, mm-hmm. I, I think people are like, yeah, do what you want. Um, well, those people are dead. The, right? people that, the people that win are dead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> now, I will say this. I, I've never seen the musical live on stage, but I have seen that like DVD recording that they did like 10 years ago of like a, a live oh, like pro shot of it. Yeah. Um, and I just, I watched it. I was like, hmm, okay. Like, I don't see the appeal. Like, I don't, I, I watch it. I'm like, how is this such a big hit in the 1980s? We're, were people just dumb and on cocaine back then? And it's like, that's why. Well, first of all, they were, and they still are. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that there's this weird element of we've never seen anything like this. And I have to take my children and my nephew and my whatever. Like there is some element of that because that's how lame is was they'd never seen a turntable, you mm-hmm. know, phantom. They had never seen something sound and look as epic as like a rock show. I mean, it's a rock show. Yeah. That they have, uh, which they won't change. Um, but yeah, so I think there's just an epicness to it. And whenever there's something really epic, everybody gets behind it, even if it's like good, bad, ugly. Yeah, definitely. Well, that leads into my last, last question. Should this get a remake? <sighs> Not right now. Stop, yeah. not right now. <laughs> yeah. You can do some because, again, like we said, it's actually a beautiful film. That's, and this is actually, I, I actually said this aloud in the car as I was driving. I said, you can't top it visually. Like, you oh. can't. Like, it's visually a perfect film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's such a shame the audio is as bad as it is. <laughs> it really is. They could um, redub it like they do all of my um, 
um, Hayao Miyazaki films, Ooh. and they could just do that. Because when they famously redubbed Totoro with Dakota Fanning's voice, not cool, not cool, Disney. The first dub was fine. Anyways, I'll die on that hill. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a good hill to die on. Absolutely. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, any last thoughts about Les Mis before we uh, sign off this week? I'll say this every time. Any movie musical that encourages children to want to sing and dance and perform it encouraged this little girl that I was nannying at the time to audition for her first show. Guess what? She got co- young Cosette and she was on a billboard and she killed it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that made me so happy. So that's just seeing things like that, that affect people the way they do to encourage people in the arts. Keep it going. Keep care. it going. That's keep what I singing think. Russell. Keep and then singing. keep, keep making, keep making these movie musicals so that we can keep doing these podcasts. That's what I have to say about that. Right. So. There you go. Grace, well, thank you as always. Anything that you want to plug coming up that coming up soon that you're involved with, things like that? Famously, I have my Gotham Storytelling Festival on November 5th. It's a Tuesday night. I know what you're thinking. Isn't that when This Is Us comes on? Screw that. Come see my show. It's also an hour of storytelling, and it's just me, and it's not confusing. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, also, follow me on all my social medias, Instagram, Gracie, G-R-A-C-I-E, Aki, A-K-I. Love it. Love it. And I'm going to go ahead and make this announcement. Now we are going to be doing something during Broadway con. I don't know exactly what it is yet. Uh, it might be like an official event at Broadway con. Where we're actually doing this podcast live on stage, or we might actually be doing it from the actual floor of Broadway con in that gigantic big vendor shop where you can just kind of walk up and listen. So either way, Grace and I will both be at BroadwayCon at some point during the weekend. Stop by, say hello. We'll have definitely have more information about that uh, as it comes forward. But yeah, BroadwayCon, great event to go to. If you've never been to it before, folks, get on it. It's totally worth it. I will, I'll, I'll die on the hill of saying maybe it's not worth like getting the $1,000 gold pass because <laughs> what convention is worth that? But um, it is definitely worth attending because it's, it's an incredible opportunity. And I will always say that Broadway actors and 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 performers and directors and crew people are the best, most accessible people to talk to you at so a human true. level. Like mm-hmm. to to be able to walk like the floor and like literally bump into Donna Murphy and just have a mm. five second conversation with her. And she's by the way the nicest person ever. Uh, did I ever yes. tell you this Donna Murphy story? Yes, yes, yes. About yeah. the Broadway con. Yeah. So like oh. again, great, great people. Um, and you get to see them all, and we will be there. So there you go. Yes, we will there be there. Go. Come say hi. And, f- and folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts in the Onstage Blog Podcast Network, where we're trying to basically have a new podcast almost every single day. I mean, that's what we try to do. We try to bring out new content. And thankfully, I mean, I like I said, they're now a te- technically a competitor, so I don't necessarily want to give them too much credit, but the Broadway Podcast Network has also been released. A lot of my friends are doing podcasts over there too. So if you're if you love theater podcasts like this one, Definitely give them a listen to because they got some good stuff over there. So mm-hmm. can't complain. Well, Grace, thank you so much. I'd like to do Enchanted next week. Are you? Are you? Do you want? Oh, to do we're Enchanted? doing Enchanted next Let's week. There's it. no question. <laughs> <laughs> That's official, folks. We're doing Enchanted next week. So, all right, folks. We'll see you right here next week on the movie musical Shakedown. Love is like oxygen. Love is a many splendid thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love.